Dream to Reality Entertainment presents the Think Tank Podcast. Starring your host, he's a podcaster, photographer, filmographer, writer, conspiracy fascist, entrepreneur, explorer, color commentator, picky eater, beer ninja, secret agent, and the world's most influential humanoid, he is Ryan the Area Man. And now, coming to you pre-recorded from the very secretive D2R Studios, deep undercover in the world's deepest, darkest, most secure, Hadron Collider and nuclear bomb tested and approved doomsday bunker, here is Ryan the Area Man! What's up everybody, I'm Ryan the Area Man, this is the Think Tank Podcast. Today... And for the next three following weeks, I have for you a what was originally a four-hour podcast. It was a non-stop recording. Um, normally, when we record, I have to go pee like every hour, just because I'm drinking coffee, I'm drinking water, you know, lots of fluids. And uh, I tend to not eat, so there's nothing to absorb all this liquid that I consume. Well, myself and Ray, which is who's in this episode and the following three, sat down and we were, he was literally here just to pick up some uh, some tamales and head on out. And I was like, come on down, check out the studio, and then... Checking out the studio turned into, oh yeah, let's do it. Let's do an hour. We literally said that we have a cutoff time at an hour. That's it, because he's got to go home, got to work the next day. Um, next thing we know, four hours later, I looked at the clock and I was like, Jesus Christ, we have to turn this fucking thing off. So I had to wrap it up. The uh, conversation goes from uh, his journey from living here when you last heard him on the podcast a couple years ago to going out to SpaceX. He talks all about SpaceX, what he did there, uh, tried to get some some secret information out of him. He, he does, I couldn't tell you what hour it's in at this point, but uh, uh, it, it goes from that into a little bit of politics uh, the and when I say politics, not like oh, Trump's good, Hillary bad, you know, none of that shit. It's more like how the fuck do you fix the economy? How do you fix the educational system? How do you how do you fix you know these things? Like you know, an interesting perspective from him, who's you know been in uh, like the Navy and been around the world and. And uh, doing the stuff that he does with, like, the space program and then to where the job he's at now and the stuff he does there, it's like... So we we talk a little bit about that and then we get into religion. I believe that's in then the fourth hour, which will come in three weeks from now. Like, uh, you know, this this conversation just spans, you know, it, it, it flows in its own organic way 
and it's a fascinating conversation, obviously, or I wouldn't have sat here and had it for four hours. Uh, and literally, it, for me, it was like snap my fingers and four hours was gone. So we were started recording at like 11 o'clock at night, and next thing I know, it's like 3 in the morning. So, uh, And he has to be at work at 9 a.m. and has an hour and a half drive to get home. So I feel bad for him, but I appreciate his time. And he was obviously enjoying himself uh, because uh, he did most of the talking. So, But it's fascinating stuff. Uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I don't know what to tell you other than just check it out. It's literally going to be the same, uh, same intro and same outro for all four weeks, but the content in the middle is, uh, is different. It's, it's the, I basically cut it off at an hour. Every hour I just kind of cut it and, uh, I tried to find the best stopping point right around the hour mark and uh you know so for the next four weeks enjoy this same intro enjoy new content in the meat of the episode and enjoy the same outro um but yeah good stuff so um let's see i think i'll do all the uh all the other shit on the back end so enjoy whatever you're about to hear and uh, we'll see you on the back end. getting some of that you would have um, like NASA and I don't want to use this word but I don't know of another word to use like sabotage no oh, and here's why we're doing things that NASA doesn't have the budget for and we're also doing things that we work close with NASA or I should say SpaceX but didn't NASA give SpaceX or Elon Okay, so like when he first started up his company, and I heard this or think I'm maybe I'm making it up, but I swear I heard this or read it somewhere that when he first started up, NASA gave him plans for like to build a rocket, but these all these were all fucking plans from like not like one of their current rockets, but like something that was like early on in their first attempts at making rockets, and it was like. Here's our early shit. This is only 45% of it. You figure out the rest. Like, it was kind of like a fuck you. Well, but I if mean, you figure it out, good right. for you type of... And that's... I, I'm like, not sure about the beginnings. I mean, I could definitely see um, NASA given, given you know, Elon plans to, like, maybe the, like, the Redstone rocket, which was the first ones used for um, manned space flight. It was actually... Uh, Redstone is what uh, John Glenn went up on. Um, it was the Redstone rocket with a Gemini capsule, and um, um, that and that was it was basically a mortar shot. Like he went up, went to 
uh, he didn't go to orbit. He just went to space and then came back down. So um, I can see NASA giving him those plans. Like, hey, th- these are he's got to figure it out but, himself after that. You know, th- there's a lot of it, it's not to just he had to figure it out himself. He wanted it to be different than NASA because. <clears throat> Um, it's not necessarily just NASA, but the whole building of the rockets is very, it's not cost effective that way. Um, you have this part made in Ohio and you have this part made in Florida and you have this part made in New York and then you have this part made in Texas and you have this, you gotta pay the cost to ship all those and then you gotta pay all those employees and everything else like that. And he wanted to do, um, I might have told you this before, but the, a lot of the executives come from car companies. They they come from um, BMW um, that came and started working and setting up the lines, the production lines to to make rockets. They were like, "We are going to make rockets like we make cars, so we can turn them out quickly, and we can, you know, th- they believe highly in Six Sigma. They believe highly in um, Keynesian theory and in no, I'm sorry, not Keynesian theory. Uh, Kaizen. Um, they, uh, you know, w- with the Toyota method, you know, cutting down steps, cutting down, you know, cost, it, everything, you know. Uh, why does this employee walk, <coughs> you know, 15 feet to get to a tool? That tool should be right there by him. Mm-hmm. That's what they're trying to do to cut the cost. And they time everything, you know. And they have matrices on everything. And, and so they can and will cut down time. They, they, they will. You know, they're like, okay, it takes, you know, 15 minutes to do this. Um, it should take you 15 minutes every single time. And if you have one guy that's doing it in half an hour, well, why is that taking that guy so long? Mm-hmm. You know? So... Um, one of the things that, when the assembly line was first produced, Henry Ford actually used to turn up the speed on the assembly line constantly. He would constantly increase it. And the it actually created the um, UAW that way because all the employees processed it because he kept increasing the assembly line. So when they formed the union for the UAW, one of the first things they talked about was the speed at which the assembly line can move, you know? And uh, I'm all about that because <laughs> I deal with that. And you deal with that, yes, I know. <laughs> so, and 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 so, you know, they're basically saying, how fast can we go to build rockets? You know, <coughs> and they're they're not afraid to change the dynamic of how things work. They're not. You know, they're like, we're going to recapture rockets. We're going to launch rockets. But I would say within... Definitely by the end of this year, we're going to see two things happen at SpaceX. One, they're going to use a reused rocket for an actual launch. So, two, we're going to see the um, SpaceX Heavy. They're... Uh, the Falcon Heavy. So which is going to be the next step for them. Um, after we see the Falcon Heavy, 
I think not a lot will change internally, but not as far as like what we see for a while, because there's limitations of what they can do in California. Mm-hmm. So I think the the next step, you want to know something that nobody else knows? The next step is SpaceX moving their headquarters from Hawthorne, California to Texas. That's the next mm. step. Wow. <coughs> I, I could see that happening <coughs> within two years. Wow. Three, three years at the most. We'll say three years from this date. So 2020. What does Texas offer? Because SpaceX has leased the spaceport in Texas, number one. Mm. Okay. Two, they could build a facility there. Three, we're limited to the size of rockets we can build in California because of transport. Um, we use an eight millimeter, or sorry, eight meter rocket right now. Okay, I think it's eight point three or something like that. I don't know. It's an eight meter rocket. Okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. It's a three meter rocket. <laughs> Type it up. See how wide the ro- the Falcon is. I think it's three point four meters. Falcon nine, not Millennial Falcon. Falcon <laughs> nine. I know what you were laughing about. I was like, how big is the Falcon nine? Click on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Yeah, three point seven meters. So twelve feet. The reason why we're we're limited to 3.7 meters, 12 feet, is because of bridges and spans from California to Texas, mm-hmm. all right, and from Texas to to Florida, all right. So the the BFR is, if I remember correctly, it's about 12 meters wide. So you're looking at something that's four times the wide of this rocket here. So let's see if the BFR is on there. So, BFR rocket, SpaceX. Yeah. So. Oh, that's... Yeah. Uh, Either one, to see if, like, they say the dimensions of it. Everything's going to Texas, though. Well, the cost of land is cheap. <coughs> I think that's my next move, Ray. Texas? I am going to Texas. So. Now this is just, uh. Yeah, just keep scrolling down to see if, uh. It says anything. So. Anyways, I believe it's about 12 meters. Alright. <coughs> We're talking on a scale of some of the, the bigger rockets that. NASA ha- has ever made. All mm-hmm. right, it's huge. Um, so with the BFR, they can't transport that on the roads. It's going to be too big. It's going to be too heavy. All right. They're going to have a concept of rolling it out, testing it. All right, on the test stand out there in McGregor, rolling it back, finishing it putting on the payload, rolling it to the launch pad, and launching. So you're going to, we're talking days from completion to test to launch. 
compared to weeks that of transporting and everything else. And it's going to cut costs significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to Why do you think about that to begin with? <laughs> um, they... Seems like, you know what I mean? Like if Because if they ever launch anything, can they even launch from California or is it too populated? Yeah. No, they can launch from Vandenberg in, Cal- in California. So why not just, why at least the one in Texas, why not? Because Vandenberg is set up for a polar orbit. So they can only launch polar orbits at Vandenberg. That's why they only do certain the launches. What is a polar orbit? <coughs> it's not an equatorial orbit. <laughs> the fuck is... <laughs> <laughs> so it's an orbit that goes over the North Pole and over the South Pole compared to... Okay. <laughs> but uh, I guess... What's the difference between... Yeah. Okay, so one that orbits over the poles as opposed to one leaving Texas that's going to the space station. Or oh, <laughs> like okay, so the space station is at a certain inclination when it comes to the equator. Right. All right, and it's mostly in a, uh, it's in a um, equatorial more orbit. Okay, um, the space station is mostly set up right now in a Russian inclination, which is a certain amount of degrees off the off the equator. Um, I forget what that number is. Um, I'm pretty sure you could probably look it up. Um, so. Does it have to do with, like, gravity and shit? No, no. Like, get it, it's, off the planet? It's where you want to be in space. Um, it, that's all what it comes down to. Is like, you'll only launch things that need to go either in a polar ob- orbit or maybe a geo geosync polar orbit. <clears throat> you'll only launch those from a place that will give you a polar orbit. And if you want an equatorial orbit which would be more by the equator, you want to launch close to the equator. Um, one of the reasons that they do an equatorial orbit is because they get the speed from the rotation of the Earth. So it adds about 1,000 uh-huh. miles an hour onto your speed. I see. So um, with, with that in mind, if you want something in geosynchronous orbit and you want it hanging over the United States at geosynchronous orbit, you have to be a certain distance from the planet, which is, I think, roughly about 25,000 miles. And then you have to be locked in the orbit there um, to stay um, in sync with the United States as it rotates around the Earth. Um, You'll have to be at a certain incline and everything else like that, but you see what I'm getting at. So That's a lot of fucking... Shit to figure out. Yeah, to yeah. do. Is, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> like I don't think anybody ever really gave that any thought as to why certain places are better to launch certain things. Oh, uh, you know I'm, what I mean? I'm sure NASA engineers. In the well, yeah, I'm talking day. about people like me. Oh, anybody yeah. that's ever listened to this podcast <laughs> has been like <laughs> same thing as me. Like, there's a fucking difference why yeah. they launch at certain places. I yep. see what it never occurred to me that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, technically, uh, the best place you can launch from for an equatorial orbit would be on the equator, and they actually had a ship that was going to be, not SpaceX, but a company had a ship that was going to launch rockets from the equator, all right? And that was going to be, like, one of their big things. And I think they ended up, their first launch they tried to do, it blew up. Like, the rocket blew up, and, like, they were pretty much went bankrupt after that. Yeah. Um, 
but I mean, you you have different reasons to launch to different points, and then like, um, depending on what the satellite does, you know, if you're like you're going to geosync orbit when when we say it's uh, when when we like if we launched and it was going to geosync orbit, we say it's a successful mission once the satellite is is released from the rocket and now it's on its own accord. Well, the satellite isn't in geosynchronous orbit. It might take two or three weeks to get to geosynchronous orbit, but it's under its own power. So it's moving with all the energy that we gave it, plus it has its own thrusters and stuff to move into geosynchronous orbit um, for itself. The um, other satellites might go to someplace farther. They might go to, like, LS-1, which is the center of the pull from the sun and the earth so you're in you're in perfectly you're in a perfect gravity point in between the the sun and the earth so you're not going to fall towards earth and you're not going to fall towards the sun you're like perfectly right there (laughs) and that's ls1 that's so fucking weird yeah i I guess it's i never even really thought about like i know satellites up there and shit like that but like how the fuck they stay in orbit too yeah like just stay Right there, <coughs> just moving. Well, or whatever. Like for for the most part, it, they're not without course correction and stuff. Everything's gonna fall. So if if the all humans were wiped off the planet right now, we would probably start seeing satellites fall within the first like probably within a couple of years. So mm-hmm. so some less than that. So, um, and they'll they would need course corrections to to stay in orbit because they're either going to fall towards the earth or away or away and, and, and the ones that fall away are usually past that ls1 point so they're going to fall into the sun at some point um <clears throat> but literally <clears throat> like the international space station they're not in zero gravity all right they are but they're not what they are is they're in constant free fall so it seems like zero gravity well, because they, they have it with, I'm going to demonstrate with this coaster here, mm-hmm. that they're going forward fast fast enough that they're also going down so when they fall, so they're going forward and down at a constant rate outside the earth, So, but really they're just going forward, they just happen to be falling down at the same that's really weird <laughs> to like wrap your mind around that yeah so, <laughs> so everybody, the space station is in constant freefall, <laughs> which is how it maintains where it is orbiting the Earth. Yep. <laughs> and they have to do course corrections all the time with the space yeah. station. So in, even when they change the inclination, they have to do course corrections on that, too. And wow. you, you can actually watch NASA videos of them doing it. So That's so weird. Yeah. That's crazy. Where are we at time-wise? We're like two hours and 15 oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I know you got to get going. Two more questions. Okay. And hopefully these are, I know these are, I know. Okay. These are whoppers. Okay. But I want you to give me a simple answer as best as you can. Okay. What is the moon? Okay. It's not. It, okay. 
we're going conspiracy here because we've had some debates in the past. Do I think it's a Nazi base? <laughs> or uh, the other, the, the dark side is actually like the Death Star type situation. Right, okay, what is the moon? Is is it? Let's start there. What is the moon? Well, uh, what's your other question? So. No, because I wanna, I wanna start with the moon. Okay, what is the moon? So I, I believe we'll get to the other big whopper in a okay. second. I, I believe in the, the theory that's going on right now that the moon was created when a large object was hit, uh, hit the planet Thea, or the planet Thea hit Earth, whatever it is. So um, Something collided with Earth that created the moon. <coughs> right. So um, I believe that they say it was another planet called Thea that hit Earth that created the moon. Right. And that's based on the amount of iron located in our planet compared to what's the iron content of the moon. And, um, I mean, Jupiter has like 60 moons. Saturn has like 30 moons, you know? I mean, we know that these, um... Did I spell that right? Yeah, I think that's the right spelling. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, uh... I just saw it. Yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah, I don't know if you've heard that theory before. But well, I think we were talking about that when we were swimming in the ocean, <laughs> in Mexico. So, oh, gotcha. So, um, so th- that's my my current hypothesis. By my current thing that uh, I go by is that that it. It's, so, Thea was the name something, of the planet. Something collided with the Earth. Four point one, four point five one billion years ago, according to the hypothesis. Um, well, and Thea collided with Gaia. Gaia, so. around four point five one billion years ago. Yeah, Thea was an Earth Trojan about the size of Mars, with diameter of about six thousand kilometers or thirty seven hundred miles, and then that eventually formed the Moon, or whatever. Right. Exactly. Um, so it wasn't brought here by aliens. No, so <laughs> I don't think so. So okay, with, with be, because we see other celestial objects that have orbits of moons and stuff like that. And I guess see, I don't think our moon's that much different than everybody else's moon. You know, it, it, you know, our our moon is. It is what it is for how it was formed. I mean, we can look at, like, Europa or other moons of uh, other planets, and we see why they're like what they are, you know? We have ones that are that are rocky that are like the moon. We have ones that are complete ice, you know? We have ones that, you know... And if they're complete ice, there's possibility of life. Yes. So... Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> Got a so, aliens. <laughs> so. Um, okay. So then, now this isn't the second big, big okay. whopper, but I'm going to do a, a real quick one. What about the monolith on Mars's moon? Uh, what the fuck's it called? So the moon? Yeah, it's Phobos. Phobos. You uh, heard about this? Yeah. Or you know nothing yeah. about it? Or? Do the image. So... What's your 
What's your thoughts on the uh, monolith on Phobos? So what I think of the monolith on Phobos is it is a... I don't think it's a monolith. And I'll tell you why. Because I do photography. All right, you know that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's just some really tricky pictures out there. And secondly... Like the Mars face? The Mars face. after years and years now doesn't look like a face anymore? Right. Because the, our technology has increased, and the, that's what it comes down to. Shadowing and all that. And I think if they really looked at the 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 monolith on, on Phobos, that they would see that it's not this perfectly square rock like they think it is. It's cast in this perfectly square shadow. Right. What they would probably see is that it's a rock that just happens to be square in a certain thing. We have rocks that are square here on Earth, you know? So it, it's one of those things, like, I don't go out and be like, oh, that must be a monolith because it's a perfectly square rock, you know? Right. And, and well, look at... For instance, the Giant's Causeway right. in, in Ireland. Yeah. I, I <laughs> walked on those. Yeah. If you saw, let's say, if you were from fucking some other system and you sent something here and started taking pictures from something. Right. Down to, and you saw that, what the fuck would you think that was? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Everybody go Google Giant's Causeway and look at pictures of this shit. Right. Like, it's weird looking. You know, aliens. <laughs> so, <laughs> aliens. But, but yeah, exactly. So you have, you know, the Giant's Causeway. But, like, look at, like, the rock of Gibraltar, for an instance. Okay? Here's a rock that has, if you, you can cast the right light on this rock, you might have to orientate the rock in the right direction, but you could probably get a square shadow out of that. Right. And it's a rock that's no, nowhere even near square. I, it's, it's like, I mean, it's kind of square, you know, but, I mean, it's really not square, you know. So in, I don't know if you've seen the, 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 the things where they take objects and they make these, like, 3D depth things, but then they, they cast a light on it and the shadow will, like, spell things and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's... It's all how light falls on stuff, and sometimes stuff like that's going to happen. That, and as humans, we want to make connections to something. That's why we see faces and everything. We see Jesus and toast and clouds and and try and find the animal in the cloud. Exactly. We're taught from a young age to do this, and 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 you know, even like you know, like I said, the faces and toast. We want to. Our mind is set to to recognize faces so we want to see faces so that's why we see a face in mars and that's why we mm-hmm. you know we're we're our physiology is made up to do that on purpose you know and uh that's that's why we're really good at hunting and in like seeing camouflage and stuff like that you know <laughs> if if deer could see camouflage we'd be fucked because we couldn't hunt them <laughs> You know, right. so, but you know, we all have to start wearing orange, right? You know, but but you know, I'm I'm just saying, like, if if, if it, you know, there's a reason that you know we're really you know that that we hunt very well as human beings, and that we're one of the best hunters is because of we can recognize patterns and faces and stuff like that, and so that's. That's what I think. Right. So okay. I, I think that it's a rock that just happens to be 
casting a square shadow and that it looks square from the resolution that it's at. So if they shot that from a different side, it could be round on one side and square on the other, or maybe it's all busted up on one side. Don't know. All right. So not a monolith. Not a monolith. Okay. Um, even even though I want it to be. Oh, yeah. So. I do, too. <laughs> um, <clears throat> one more before I get to my Whopper. Okay. So, best movie to watch that, in your opinion, gives the most realistic... Um, version of what space would probably be or, or or something like that like uh inaccuracy in how they portrayed it um, is it still interstellar interstellar would be a it, it would probably definitely be at the top of my list for sure like gravity because or anything the movie Gravity yeah 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 I mean I'm, what's a good movie that if you, if you want accuracy and probably what space is like space travel space dealing with it whatever I mean, I mean is it Apollo 13 <sighs> your opinion well I, I think uh, contact <laughs> I mean I'm just throwing signs. out signs <laughs> we can get well, some crazy really, ones the in signs there. really didn't adult with so, space aliens just aliens aliens <laughs> <laughs> so um I would say for like realistic true events I would definitely go with like Apollo 13 like the the way they even shot that movie they shot it on the vomit like on a vomit comet mm-hmm. that they converted to a set and so all the all the the scenes that you see them flying through the air under zero gravity, they are flying through the air under zero gravity. That right. is, you know, they're really doing that. Um, the the way the communications flow back and forth from from NASA to the astronauts and, and you know from Mission Control and everybody, and the way they handle the situations, I think that's very true to life. You know. Um, obviously they, 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 they've taken some liberties, you mm-hmm. know, they do with every movie, but as far as, you know, if you want to see space now, Apollo 13. So if you want to see space in the future, probably, uh, Interstellar, you know, I, I think... You know, um, I don't think we ever did the podcast with Interstellar, did we? That we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Did we did? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, the and and I live by this. The physics behind it is is there. Yeah. So the, they they brought the real physicist. They've talked to him. They talked to him about the stuff. And even like the planet with the giant wave. All right. That's in tidal lock. That's pulling all this water from around the planet. When, when they discuss this, they're just like, okay, well, that's, you know, um, that doesn't exist. That won't happen. And then they turn around, they did the math behind it. And they're like, holy shit, this can happen. And, and you know, uh, yeah, you know, the, the physics is there to support a planet like this. So do, do for seeing other planets and how things can react and how gravity affects things 
and you know because gravity affects space time and, and so how all those things come together definitely interstellar you know um, how space is handled now Apollo 13 you know Armageddon no <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Hang on now. You're telling me they wouldn't send some oil riggers <laughs> up there to blow up an asteroid. So, okay, first off... I'm kidding. I'm so, kidding. Like, we don't have to go in. NASA actually shows Armageddon to, to new people, right? For... to have them point out things that are wrong, all right? There's 168... At least 168 different <laughs> things that are wrong in that picture, as far as like true to life stuff. All right, and they would actually train the astronauts to drill, other than f- fly those people up there. I mean, right. we think it'd be easier to train an right. astronaut to drill as opposed to, well, we're gonna have to train these guys to be astronauts. Right, and, and plus, anyways, like. If it was that dire of a situation to where they had to, like, they wouldn't train them to be astronauts. They would literally just put them on there and fly them up into space, you know? Don't we have shit now that we could just, like, blow the fuck out of an asteroid, though, too? Well, don't we? I guess we keep that shit secret. I, I would say that, I mean, I don't know if we do or not. Like you said, we probably keep that shit secret. But if... I'm sure, well, I can't say that. Uh, well, I can't say that. I'm sure if there was an asteroid that large that was going to impede Earth, that A, it would be a multi-country, um, like, force that, that dealt with it, you know? We, we would probably drop a lot of hostility towards each other to handle a situation like that. Secondly, I think we would probably be kissing our ass goodbye because I. It, it depends on the, really the size of the asteroid, but um, I, I, I don't see any way to stop something very large. If we have a rock the size of Texas coming at us, what the fuck are we going to do? Mm-hmm. So you know, and a, it could be happening now. We don't know. This podcast might not even make it out. You know, oh, because shit. <laughs> because hey, we, think about that. <laughs> we don't know, yeah. and that's what it comes. And they wouldn't to. tell us. And well, I think there's too many people that have telescopes pointed at the at the sky that are not just scientists but amateurs. You know, my, I have a friend of mine that used to do work um, at the University of Eastern Illinois. But she would be on the telescope in Chile, you know, so, uh, or, you know, maybe, you know, on, in the telescope off uh, uh, Hawaii, you know, so, like, you don't have to be there at the telescope because you, you get time, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, so, and one of the things she did was asteroid tracking, so, and, and so, I mean, yeah, I mean, but in, she found a bunch of asteroids. That's what she did. You know, she found a bunch of asteroids. And, uh, you know, we... That's, you know... There was, there was one that... Uh, that Neil guy. Neil deGrasse. Whatever the fuck his name is. 
Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, then he said there's... Um, he said asteroid. Oh, uh, when the fuck is... It's, like, coming up. The 2029 one? Yeah, it's in April of 20... Yeah, I think it's this April one. April 13th of 2029? Large enough to fill the <coughs> Rose Bowl as though it were an egg cup will fly so close to Earth that it will dip below the altitude of our communication satellites. So, well, first off, communication satellites are probably in geosynchronous orbit, so that means 25,000 miles. We've had so it's going to dip below that, though. Yeah, we, we've had asteroids come in below that part. I would... So, one that size, that's not going to, like, fuck with uh, tsunami or shit like that? No, it... it, it no, compared to the Earth, the size of a Rose Bowl, no. Okay. So, all right, people, we're good. <laughs> so, see, the thing of it is, though, is the the next portion of that is the precise influence of the Earth's gravity on its orbit will continue. That seven years later, in twenty thirty six, is the next time around, and the asteroid will hit Earth directly, slamming into the Pacific Ocean between California and Hawaii. That's the tsunami we need to worry about. So, twenty thirty six. It says it will create a, will wipe out the entire west coast of North America, bury Hawaii, and devastate all the land masses of the Pacific Rim. Wow. Yeah, you're talking about a tsunami that's going to be a couple of hundred feet high. So you're going to completely wash out places like San Diego, San Francisco, Los Angeles. Um, probably. Good thing you got out of there when you did, right? (laughs) So, Portland. Well, they've always said that uh, eventually California will <coughs> be gone, be underwater. Uh, millennials, that's where you go. Move there. We'll take care of you in 2036. By then, they might actually be contributing to society. Okay, last thing. This is the big whopper. Okay. Ray. Yes. Is the Earth flat? No. So you're telling me the flat Earth... Is non-existent? Okay. Have you ever been in an airplane? Yes. Okay. So I could see for miles. Yes. And miles and miles and miles. If the Earth was flat, don't you think you'd be able to see farther than that? I don't know. I mean, I can see as far as I can see. Right. But don't... don't, Okay. When I'm flying, I don't see curvature. But I don't think we're flying high enough where you could. Right. Right. Okay. okay. You have to be pretty well, fucking high to start seeing the actual curvature not, yourself. Not I mean, you are seeing curvature, though. Because if we were flying and it was a flat Earth, you would be... The terrain would all be the same level. Okay? And if you look straight down, it does look that way. But if you look off into the distance when you're flying, and you're at 36,000 feet, 34,000 feet, y- you do see where it starts to taper away. And, and you could tell kind of by the haze that's there, you know. If we were just flat, we'd be able to see a lot farther in, in, in a straight line than we would with this curve that goes on because it just kind of dies down. And the hmm. other thing is that how, like, people in ancient times, realized that the Earth was round instead of flat, was by ships. The first thing they would see on a ship is like the crow's nest. They wouldn't see the ship. They would see the top. 
of the ship. They would see the top of the mast. And then as it come closer, it would grow bigger and bigger and bigger until they saw the ship, you know. And you, you can take that same experiment <clears throat> and go to a big open field, you know. Go go to a place that's really flat and, and, and like... I don't know, maybe the salt flats out in out in uh, Nevada or, or California or someplace, and and you know you can get to the point to where just being on land, you can show that the Earth is is round. You know, um, the I can't think of the guy's name now. So, but he was able to calculate the circumference of the Earth by taking a, a stick and measuring the length of shadows at two different places. Okay. He did it in, like, like Egypt and some other place. I forget where it is. And uh, he was able to calculate that the Earth was round based on the shadow being cast the same day in two different places at the same time. And, that, I mean, that's pretty remarkable, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so there are experiments that we can do to show that the earth is is round besides just um looking at it from space you know and that's one of the things i don't ever get i could pull up the nasa feed right now that has cameras on the international space station and you can look and the earth's round <laughs> so how can you sit there and say that the earth is flat so are you telling me nasa's lying by producing these pictures you know, when I can turn around and put a GoPro on a balloon and fly it into outer, like, you know, at least maybe not outer space, but maybe 100 miles up, and take the same pictures that I'm seeing from NASA. So, is the Earth round? No. Or is the Earth flat? No. <laughs> <coughs> you said it, right? Yeah, I said the Earth is not round. It is square. <laughs> that's square. Okay. That's makes like, sense now. It, it, actually, it's not round. It's an oblate spheroid. The Earth is a monolith. <laughs> it's a monolith. That's right. So, uh, and, and you know, one of the one of the greatest um, uh, pieces of, of of Earth trivia, I guess you can say, that I know that that I really like is if you took a bowling ball and blew it up the size of the Earth. The the gouges in in craters inside that bowling ball would be so much more than what we have on Earth. Like the Earth has like one percent of what that bowling ball would have. So it's just completely fascinating, you know, the way the Earth's crust, you know, heals scars basically. You know that is always ever changing. That. You know that we have seismic activity and plate tectonics and stuff that that changes you know our 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 planet. So this planet allows us to be here. The the planet allows us to be here, and it looks like it's gonna like might not allow us to be here much longer. Yeah. So. Um. <clears throat> what the fuck was I gonna just ask you? So. Oh. So when we see pictures of the Earth from space, right, as a round marble, right, why is it then 
Neil deGrasse Tyson will say that we're more of like an egg-shaped yeah, planet, yeah. but yet the pictures don't depict that. Right. The, That's so, where people start questioning, <coughs> well, why is this shit because being they're, they're, faked for us the, then or whatever? They're throwing the egg-shaped out of proportion, okay? When I said that Earth isn't round, it's an oblate spheroid, okay? We take the circumference of the equator, all right? And we know that it's roughly 24,000 miles or whatever, you know. It's it's roughly 24,000 miles, all right? Mm-hmm. And then we take that same measurement going from the North Pole to the South Pole, and it's maybe 22,000 miles, all right? Well, that means that we're being compressed a little at the top and bottom, and it's it's bulging out the sides, Okay. So it's kind of like a a ball. If you were to spin it, that effect... The faster it goes. The more it's going to pull right. at, at, at the center. It, uh, it's not going to pull at the top and bottom. Those right. are going to go down. The center is going to come what's bulging out. And that's so what why happened. don't we have a picture of that? <clears throat> like an actual picture from space depicting that. Why is it when they take those pictures because from space that they, and NASA admits that they fuck with them so that they, we have the picture of the ball? We, you know what I mean? This we, is where a lot of people start questioning shit. Well, why are they fucking with the pictures then? They Well, first off, they fuck with all the pictures. I know. Okay. And that's another problem. So People don't want them to fuck with them. Just give right. us what it is. Yeah. What it, are you it, hiding in these pictures? That's right. where we go with this. So, the the... The e- even if they they showed you the oblate spheroid, it's so minor that you're not going to be able to tell with a na- naked eye. From first off, you're taking this picture from a hundred thousand miles out, or or even two hundred thousand, or may- maybe from the moon. Okay, you're taking this picture. Okay. You're going to look back and you're going to see a round planet because your eye cannot perceive the mm. difference in between the North Pole, South Pole versus the equator. Mm. So you're you're not going to be able to see it. If, if I held a Super Bowl up in my hand and I just squeezed it a little bit and said, "Yeah, it would still look like it that. would still look perfectly round." Right. All right, in, in, in your eye. So. When they talk about it being an oblate spheroid or egg-shaped, he's using... What we can perceive. Yes. he He's using a, a device to say it's not perfectly round. It's more of this shape, but... Pear-shaped or whatever. Yeah. Like, it, it's not... It, he's using it to show, I, I don't know, an analogy. Right. So, yeah, yeah. you know, in... It, I mean, if you really look at the distance in between north and south compared to around the equator, it's not that far off, all right? But it, if it, it's not going to be so exaggerated that it looks like a tomato from outer space, you know? Right. So you're not going to be able to see the difference. That's, I think, where people are, are misinterpreting this. That They're like, oh, well, they say it's egg-shaped, but every single picture I see is round. And yeah, doesn't help that NASA comes out and says yes, we fuck with every picture, right? And because then people want to, they're they're 
you understand why right. then shit starts getting around and people start questioning things. Right. When, like, when they talk about, uh, like, the colors of, like, different planets and different this and different that, a lot of the stuff that we see is from radio telescopes. It's not actually from visual telescopes. It's radio telescopes. But we may know that this radio signal here is associated with this color of light. So then they... So, and they they take that and they put it into the pictures. And we know that this radio frequency is this color of light. Because light is frequency. Light is radio waves. And that's how they come up with... Well, nowadays we can actually see, like, Jupiter or things like that. Right. With a really good telescope and you can actually see the color. Right. But at, yeah, at one point. So that's how they came up with the colors. Well, we could have seen Jupiter from a long time right. ago. Well, so. now you can see a lot better, though. Yeah. Have better yeah. equipment. To, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what but I mean? But, I mean, they knew about the red spot on Jupiter in, like, the 1600s, you know, right. the 1700s. So, yeah, they've known about it for a long time. Which is time. a giant fucking storm <coughs> that's been going for a really long fucking time. Exactly. So... And that storm needs to die down. Right. I'd hate to be on that. It's never just not raining. Yeah, you know, and and so, you know, I I just think that some people take things too literally sometimes. You know, especially it's like, oh, the planet's egg shape. Yeah, it is. If in like the the other thing that doesn't help is maps. Okay, because that we've we've grew up with. You know, usually the like the Mercator map is the big one. You know, the projected Mercator. So, and uh, with the projected Mercator map and stuff, we a first off we think Greenland's the size of Africa. <laughs> okay, nowhere near true. Right. Okay, but we also think North America is the size of Africa. And did you know that just off the coast of California, a little south? There's a giant state called Alaska that's about the same size as Texas. <laughs> exactly. And right also by there is Hawaii. Hawaii. Why is it so hot in Hawaii yeah. and so cold in Alaska? You know, I never understood that in school. And all they told me was, this is the common core way of doing things, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, no, the, the, with, uh, it, you know, the, they show these maps, and I like to look at maps. But in 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 one of my favorite maps is actually it's an Australian centralist map. It has a it has Australia in the center, and it's upside down. Hmm. Okay, so you're seeing things like it totally looks like a new world. Okay, first off, especially if they don't label anything, mm-hmm. and you have. This, this map there that has Australia in the center and then all these other continents and everything and they're upside down and you're just like that looks like North America but yeah so go to <laughs> uh, you'd have to yeah you'd have to find one so well, like that there, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Over so, the U.S. or Yeah, whatever. like, you know, 
I think like, this might be what you're talking about. Something similar to that, maybe. No, no, that's actually Australia. That's what it looks like. <laughs> so. What's well, upside down? Oh, no, there you go. Right above it. Oh, well, that's kind of it. Sorry. Yeah, that's not upside down. So, But it, it would be a map like that. But it would just be actually down in the corner. The Oops. Go, like, down, down, over, over, over one more. Right there. Try that one. Yeah. So... That's kind of it. So oh yeah, that's upside down. It's definitely upside down. So, but I've seen ones where Australia's like right in the center, and it's upside down. All right, and like it totally throws you for a loop because it totally looks like a completely different planet. And you know the the what if that's what it is? We 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 well th- that's see that's another what thing. What if <laughs> is the the first picture that we took of Earth that NASA, um, I don't know if they published it or they didn't publish it, it, but they they took it of the whole Earth, and when they originally made it, it was upside down, because the way the astronauts were facing, the Earth was upside down compared to their astronauts' orientation, Mm. all right? And, you know, we have been... Because of the whole Cold War and everything, we have this um, American esocentric idea that, you know, the world revolves around us type of deal. So they actually took the picture and flipped it so to make it the correct way and to show, you know, the United States and stuff like that. But, you know, the, the, <coughs> the, the maps of the you know the the world that we see that we've been so deceived by them because we think a lot of times we think Africa is kind of like you know this um, this either the small little place or you know uh, we think Europe is small what Europe is you know kind of small in in generality but you know we think all these places are small and all the, all these other places are large Greenland's small it's not this huge like supercontinent that it looks like on the on the um, map. It's it's this big, yeah. It, it's a big island, but it's not like a big continent. Yeah. And you know, it looks like the size of Africa half the time. And Ireland's uh, the size of <coughs> Illinois. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and and uh, but it literally takes the equivalent of what if you drove from Iowa to Indiana, like through from. Literally the west coast of Iowa to the east coast of Indiana, however long that would take, which you're actually spanning three states. That's how long it takes to get across Ireland because of the highways and <laughs> roads, <laughs> right? Because we have better roads here. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Like, it takes a lot longer to drive through the same equivalent size. Like if you went from north to south, Illinois would take you what five hours? Mm, probably. S- from like Chicago to Cairo, or Paris, Illinois, somewhere about yeah. there. So like as straight down as you could probably try and make it. You know what right. I mean? Well, from here to St. Take thirty nine. From, from Chicago to St. Louis takes me about five hours, like four and a, four, takes me about four, yeah, four and a half. Yeah. So and then then you add another hour and a half onto that. Yeah. Maybe. Exactly. Okay. Well, Ireland it didn't take you like a fucking day <laughs> 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 because the. There's no highways. Well, they might be now. When I was there, dude, it was retarded. To go to Dublin, which isn't even like... I mean, it's low, 
but it's not that low. Right. To like the north part, it literally took like twelve hours. It's like it's the fucking same size as <laughs> Illinois. Why aren't we there like ten hours ago? What the fuck is it's going on here? But no, so it, it's just you know. So what if north is south and south is north? Well, I mean, in a way, it kind of is. Yeah, we've been lied to our entire lives. It's all about perception. Like, which way is really up? That's it. I'm no longer acknowledging the North Pole. <laughs> Antarctica <laughs> is the North Pole. That's what I'm going to so, go with from now on. Yeah, so why... I mean... So really, Florida's north. Texas is north. Could be. Well, well, that's what I mean. Especially when the poles switch. Because you know the poles do switch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when the fuck's, isn't that that supposed to happen in a couple billion years? No, (laughs) like, it's supposed to happen any time now. Really? Yeah, we're like... Isn't that supposed to kill everybody, too? That's what they say, but... It's supposed to happen in 2012, when the mind calendar Yeah, exactly. So, but no, the, the... To, to... I mean, I mean, the way that we travel through space... Like, how do we know which direction is really up? We don't. It's it's relative right. to what we're traveling to and what we're in and everything. When the astronauts took the picture, that was their up, you know? Mm-hmm. The, they could have rotated. What if they were, yeah, rotated a little bit and their up was actually, like, their up was, like... Sideways. Sideways, so the equator was, like, going up and yeah. down. <laughs> What'd so. you, what makes you think, then... Like how the you know what I mean? Like wh- how do we know the? Wh- so we we have it's so far we up. we have our our point of reference, okay? Right. And then we have the solar plane, okay? That is our solar system, but then we're in a larger galaxy. Right. So we have the galactical plane, all right, which is you know much bigger, and then we have the you know, the the whole universe. So we have a universal plane at some point. So, yeah, exactly. But, like, if you... I don't know if everybody <coughs> out there follows or has Instagram, but if you do, go follow Neil deGrasse Tyson's Instagram. He's got an animation on there from... Oh, let's see. When was it? Oh, it doesn't say. Well, anyways, it's it's on there, and it's basically saying how the sun is shooting through space, and then all the planets that orbit the sun, like how you see it on how that's mostly described is oh they're just going around in a circle as though we're as though the sun is still. Right. The sun's shooting through the fucking sky. Like, when you right. see a shooting star, picture that as our sun, and then all these planets rotating around it while shooting with it. Right. It's like, so when it you look like, at that, it looks fucking insane. It does. It looks like giant corkscrews. Yeah. Every planet is doing a corkscrew shape around In the sun. different orbits. Uh, orbit. It, yeah. it's, when I saw that the other day, I was like, holy shit, and then you just see this one. The... Are colliding yeah, in so many billion years. Yeah, with the Andromeda. Yeah, and then how it's going to, like, like the animation shows how it's going to collide and yeah. then se- and then separate, and then it's going to, it, like, makes a, a, a even big one. bigger. Yeah. Like, what's going to happen when that happens? I mean, it's possible we'll all be dead at that point. 
Well, oh, yeah, We yeah. physically will be, but, like, would Earth be destroyed during that? Or could it, it could potentially just miss yeah, like the whole time. Like, that's the thing is, like, scientists are like, well, technically it could it could make it through. Like, because we're, we're out on the outer arm, you know, we're, you know, it, it's, you know, we're just this little speck when it comes to really everything. So, you know, yeah, like, we might be flying through all of it. There's going to be complete solar systems that probably last through that without a problem. There might be some turmoil, and we might have, you know, Uranus ripped right out of here. Pun intended. Not <laughs> <laughs> to rip Uranus right out of here. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so, I mean, it it it, it depends. I, I always like that that um, that animation there of yeah. us flying through. Like, it really, like, brings it into attention of, like, what we're doing. Because, like, you try to relate to people. We're standing on a planet that's rotating at 24,000 miles an hour. That's, that's going around the sun at whatever, you know, thousands or millions of miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, and then, you know, the sun is traveling through space at so many million miles an hour. And then, you know, we're going around the Milky Way galaxy at so many million miles an hour. So, you know, I mean, really right now we're, we're the fastest people alive. <laughs> we should all get participation awards. That's right. <laughs> for, for being fastest people. I also like when they do these, like, if he takes, like, like one of these other planets that's in our solar system and right. says, if this, if that planet were our moon, this is what it would look like. Oh, yeah, like yeah, Saturn. yeah. Saturn, like, could yeah. you imagine waking up and that being there? That would be awesome, like, wouldn't what it? What the fuck? <laughs> the... One of the most shocking feelings in, in I ever got is when I was in the Navy, all right, and we were out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. There's no light. There's no light pollution. Right. Okay. And they turned off all the lights of the flight deck, and we were just, it was just dark. And you can look up, and the sights that you see, the stars, mm-hmm. is just unbelievable. I mean, it will literally take your breath away. And one of the things is, is like I had that that moment that you feel utterly alone, you know, and it was just like I felt so small. And, and it's just crazy because, like, you can't describe the feeling, but, like, you know, the with space being so vast, you know, and you're looking up there and you're seeing, and, and the other thing is like, you're sitting there counting like this shooting stars. I mean, we don't see anything here and it's just like, I can sit there. I remember one time I was, I was actually in the Gulf and I'm laying on the back of an F-14. All right. And I'm supposed to be fixing this thing. And I had got done and I'm still laying up on top on the back of it. And I'm looking up. And now there's oil rigs all through the Gulf. Mm-hmm. All right? So they got their flames going and everything else. And there was lights from the flight deck and stuff like that. But I'm looking up. And there's not as a lot of light pollution as I thought there was going to be. And I'm still counting shooting stars. Like... One right after another. I think I sat there in like in five minutes. I counted like over a hundred, you know, 
like it just blew it's a lot me. of UFOs. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and you know, um, it, it could have been during like a, a meteor shower. You know, I, I don't know what time of year it was, so I can't really speculate on like what meteor shower it was and stuff like that. But every single like it just kept going and right. going and going, and like some of them were more fainter than others and everything else like that. But that's one of the reasons why I like camping and hiking with some of the places that I go. It's because like get rid of the get away from the light. Yes, because of yeah, yeah. And Nobody it, looks up anymore. Everybody's looking down right. at your phone. Well, one time when the power went out in L.A., okay, it was all of L.A. City, there was actually people calling police about the stars because they didn't know what they were. There you have it. I hope you've enjoyed week one, week two, week three, and week four. Whichever one you're listening to at this point, because like I said, I'm only recording one intro and one outro for all four of these. Because it was one giant four-hour episode that we split into four singular hours. Makes it a little easier to listen to. Not many people have four hours to sit and listen to one giant podcast. So um, that's why I split it up. And, uh, you know, sometimes this information that we talk about can be so heavy that you just only want that hour because you need time to process what's been talked about. And if we threw four hours at you, you wouldn't be able to process all four hours of it anyways. Hell, it's hard for me to process half of it. And we just had this conversation, and I'm my mind's like, oh, and I'm tired. And that's why I'm recording... One intro and one outro that's going to get played for all four episodes. So, um, I apologize for the uncreativity on the intros and outros, but uh, you, you'll get a new uh, intro and outro in, uh, well, depending on which episode this is you're hearing, next week, in two weeks, three weeks, or four weeks. So, either way, have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, email me, thinktankpod at gmail.com. Tweet at me at the Think Tank Pod. Um, you can also support us by going to our sponsors. Uh, you do that by going to thearyaman.com, click the sponsor tab, then the Amazon banner, bookmark it, buy whatever you're going to buy. Um, Amazon kicks us back a small percentage. But trust me, that small percentage, if everyone does it, adds up to a semi large percentage. Keep in mind, it costs you nothing extra to buy what you're going to buy. It's just Amazon takes a little bit of their profit and says, Here you go, Detour Podcast Network. Thanks for sending these people our way and uh, telling them to use Amazon. And then we give that percentage, that whatever that profit is that they're throwing us, and uh, you know we apply that to making the studio and the podcasts that we've put out and all that stuff better. So, uh, it's a win-win, win, win, win? Yeah. Anyways, everybody wins. Um, also, phoenixbeardoils.com. Go there, check out what that is if you're not sure what that is. If you have a beard, I'm sure you know what it is. Uh, and, uh, you know, buy whatever you want to buy there during checkout. 
Enter the promo code D2R and you shall receive 10% off the entire order. Can't beat it. Um, you're also going to get a free sample. Um, it shall probably be Eric from the Beer of Friends podcast's uh, created fragrance, which is I Like Your Beard. Or, and or, you may get two free samples, I don't know. Uh, and or, the one I created, which uh, has two names, the raunchy name, if you like the raunchy name, you can call it by this raunchy name, it's called The Pussy Licker, or if you like the more professional, uh, but still a little edgy of a name, um, The Flavor Saver. Yeah, okay, so, uh, go do all that, and uh, thanks for listening, like I said, Sorry for the uh, repeat uh, intros and outros here, but, uh, you know, I got to do what I do. So, hope you enjoyed today's episode, and uh, if this happens to be the fourth episode in this four-part little series here, next week we got something new for you. If this is episode one, two, or three, well, the next week you got more of the same. Well, not more of the same, but more interesting conversation as a continuation. Anyways, you know what I'm saying. See you next week.
You've been listening to the D2R Podcast Network, brought to you by Dream to Reality Entertainment. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the D2R Podcast Network on iTunes. Give us a rating and leave us a comment. We'd really appreciate it. Your word of mouth is our only advertising, so please do us a solid. Share us with everyone you know. Thanks for listening.